Hello and welcome to this week's Beers with Engineers podcast, made by people that firmly believe if it looks stupid but it works, it ain't stupid. This week we'll be cracking a beer and talking about a few projects that we're working on, including a smart home humidifier and how we plan to turn a car into an alcoholic punch bowl for your next party. Remember to give us a follow and see our projects on the YouTube page. We recently made an alcoholic Russian roulette shotgun, so interesting video to watch. Alright, enough from me, let's get to the podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. This is the Engineering Dads. Um, well, specifically, this podcast is Beers with Engineers, a group where we talk about fun projects we're working on, news, and uh, anything we find interesting uh, in the engineering world. Um, so, yes, as usual, I'm joined by my two hosts, uh, boys who would like to introduce themselves first. I'll go first. Uh, so, my name's James, one of the other Engineering Dads. You would have seen a couple of videos online with me and Sean. Um, yeah, just here for a beer in lockdown. Oh, Are we finding lockdown, oh, boys? <laughs> oh, yes. Find, find it amazing. Let's, let's all on three, two, one, do a triple J laugh, all right? Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Well, right. yeah, so, so um, as, as James just mentioned... Well, sorry, we didn't introduce the third person. Patty, how are you? I'm good. My name is Patty. I am not an engineer. I don't know really anything about engineering. The the most about engineering I know is how to make scrambled eggs, and even that I kind of suck at. But besides, I'm ready to learn. <laughs> you do Love make it. a pretty Love shit it, scrambled Patty. eggs. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I see Rude. how it is. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. Hostility wow. already. Well, this this podcast well, can only get better. You know what, James? Like, go go away and have your protein pancakes or whatever. Like, I'm sick of this. Ah, oh, he's got no, you there. I'm not big enough for protein pancakes, mate. <laughs> anyway, boys, what, uh, what actually brings us here today? What are we... Uh, well, what are first, well, I'm here to talk about the first podcast. There's a lot we can kind of get into here. I don't know about you, boys, but I'm cracking a beer. Oh, is this time to crack the beers? I mean, Obviously. it wouldn't be beers with engineers without beers. So, here we go. Nice. Um, yes. So when when you say what brings us here, I, I think we need to go back to the point. Yes, um, we're actually not bringing uh, anything. We're actually all staying at home. Uh, it is 26th of June, so we are in full lockdown again, um, and we're going to be recording this over a Google Meet for the first time ever. So, well, lads, um, how's the week been besides? I mean, the lockdown. How's uh, how's things been? How's things in the news? I guess any uh, any topics you guys want to go over? Uh, yeah, there's been a couple of things. I mean, I've seen some pretty exciting technologies come through lately. One I've been looking into for the mm-hmm. past few weeks, and um, they've had a recent breakthrough two days ago um, with a study that was released. Um, so we can get into that um, either now or unless you wanted to do a bit more introductory things or talk about a bit of engineering backgrounds and whatnot. How, uh, how, how, no, I, go. No, well, how, how about if we explain um, what this podcast will be about? Mm. Uh, okay. Well, that's a great well, way to start. Yeah. Um, well, basically, the way basically... I kind of see how this podcast runs is kind of me and Sean sit here and we kind of just discuss what me and him are going to get into. So, the different type of projects, um, news going on in the world of engineering, um, how we can kind of break it down. And then I guess Patty's kind of here to throw us either an idea or ask us general questions about the realm of engineering and, you know, why it's relevant to our world and why it's important. I mean, it's a very kind of 
diverse topic, right? There's no one single definition of what an engineer does or what an engineer is. So, yeah, like I mean, technically, like uh, a chef could be an engineer. It's a it's an engineer of food. Like you never. Well, that's exactly I don't think, right. Yeah. Yeah, the engineering degrees are like having a degree. Yeah, it gets you a job as an engineer on LinkedIn, sure. Um, but being an engineer in real life is very, very different. Anyone can be it, and you definitely don't need to have a like a full understanding of physics and math to be able to make a solution. Um, but yes, Patty adds some really, really good commentary. It brings us back down to earth. Um, is the third amigo that we were sorely missing initially? So, uh, Patty, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to learn and just really excited to have this drink right now because I just got out of a a very long ideal journey at Aldi because everyone's panic buying everything. <laughs> oh God, panic buying is the worst. Why? We probably Does do a it... whole podcast on panic buying. Uh, yeah, we that's... probably will. Let's 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 not diverge down that. that um, I guess before we get into anything specific, Patty, do you have any generic questions for Sean or I that you want to kind of delve into that we can? Discuss. Um, well, um, not really. Currently, I do. I feel like uh, my segment would be just either pitching an idea or asking a question. Currently, I don't have a question except for, uh, I mean, at the top of my head, you know, um, how a crane's built. But even <laughs> that, like, that's kind of like the only thing I have at the top of my head. However, nah, let's go with that. Actually, like, yeah, how a crane's built. All right, that's a actually that's a bloody good question. A lot of people look at these like what sixty, seventy story cranes. I uh, have no idea how they're put together. Um, effectively, cranes are very modular pieces. Um, they're designed and fit uh, for the for the building it's supposed to be. So um, if you look at a crane, you always see them have this kind of square kind of base. If you're looking from the top down, but they always got these little crisscrosses with metal. Mm-hmm. all the way through it. Now, those modules every, I don't know, a few meters uh, can just be attached. So you can have a crane like two feet off the ground or you can have it like a thousand feet in the air um, and having that kind of structure where air goes through it so it's not really being pushed at all um, but it's really strong um, cross-linking metal. Uh, it does. It can stand quite tall and obviously it carries building material up. Um, the way they're built, they're just, the pieces are stacked on top of each other and then the module is put on top. Um and one thing that people ask is uh, a follow-up question is, once you build a crane, how do you get it off the top of a building? Um, effectively speaking, there's two ways of doing it. One, you don't. You leave it up there, and you can have it so it like um, it hides as part of the building on the top of the facade, or the, uh, the actual crane middle bit is an elevator, service elevator, that you can then break down the top of the elevator, oh. put it into this little one, break down the top of the crane... Uh, into smaller bits and then send it down the elevator shaft bit by bit. Um, yeah, so like so, a, wait, generally so that's the way of getting big cranes up. Or you can have permanent installations like Sean was saying. So some of them can be in the form of a jib as well, which is not your conventional yeah. crane, but it's like a cross I think the Barangaroo Star City so, is uh, fixed. So essentially, they're building the building around the crane and using the crane as like a... Uh, almost a template of like, okay, we're going to build it around this so he yeah. eventually will hide the crane and yeah you know what i've got a follow-up question how many fucking cranes are being built and they're just like ah oh, just keep it there <laughs> like i like that's really... i mean the the, the top shocked. bit's recycled so the 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 middle bit can be used as the shaft going forward and so they just leave that as the elevator shaft but the top bit right the, the actual like suite in the booth and whatnot 
break that down, put it, send it back down the elevator, take it to a new site. So all you've left is like the, the middle shaft or the, that part is left. But you can use that for structure for the building anyways. And like you're saying, it's kind of like the foundation for, all right, is this in line with the rest of the building? Uh, how's it in line with the elevator shaft? It's off? All right, well, we've got to make an adjustment. Um, oh, thanks, boys. Oh, geez. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. honestly... The science I feel like... principle of it is actually pretty simple, but um, mm. kind of moving it around is where it gets hard. It's a good question you asked, Paddy. Like, you know, so many cranes being built. What do we do with them after? Well, um, companies do like to hire out cranes as well. That's something that can definitely be done. Um, they can get used around different mm. businesses and whatnot. Right. They can my, money my, for the main companies. I wonder how big the, uh, well, like, what's the biggest building? What's that largest, what's that really large building in, uh, India called? Like, uh, it's that, it's in the movie, uh, with Tom Cruise. It's like in Mission Impossible 4. Oh, know? that's not, that's not India. That's Abu Dhabi. That's the, Abu Dhabi. Uh, oh, what's it called? It's the best part of it is we don't always have to be, uh, rely on knowledge. We can use Google. Oh, excellent. Yeah, but it is impressive, you know, the way how cranes are able to pick up things that are hundreds of tons. Um, just massive, massive objects from, like, you know, steel beams to massive concrete cylinders just using hydraulic forces and whatnot. Um, so it's something, definitely something you're interested in. It's a good no. question to ask. No, I was but, like, well, is it, would there be... Uh... I, I, you know what, a follow-up question, because now at least we know how the uh, the crane hit, sorry the uh, the crane is built, yeah. so basically it's used as a foundation. However, would you reckon there's a limitation to how tall the crane can be? Yes. How, yeah, what, structurally, what you, that's yes, pretty much goes for anything. There's um, obviously Australian standards already written for this to talk about the degrees a crane can go. You can't go, obviously, 90 degrees in a crane in some cranes. Uh, how tall they can be built and reasons why um, mm. that are explained physically. Yeah, the, the height of the... I mean, like, the height of a, uh, of a crane really depends on a, a few features. Like, it, it has to be based on the foundation. Um, speaking of, the the, build, the tower you're looking for is, like, the Berth Khalifa, the one that's, like, yeah. modular, right? Um, if you look at a picture of it online, you can see how the bottom of the building's quite wide and gets thinner as it goes up. Um, same principle for building cranes that uh, if it's quite thin it can only go up to a certain level um, even though it's got wind can go through it through like the actual like guts of it through the, the middle shaft um, it becomes quite top heavy obviously and mm. so um, there's a certain level to go to I don't know what that level is it, well the best example of it is like imagine a like r the uh, extendable um, measuring tapes and as all all uh, tradies and engineers and the like all like to do is see how far it goes without folding under its own weight. Effectively, it's a very similar idea. There's only a certain uh, level it can yeah. go to before it's dizzy, deemed yeah. unsafe. It's so always designed no. the crane, so it's never going to get that level. Now, because I'm looking at a picture now and I see what you mean, because if you look at it like dead on, it almost looks like one of those... Um, um, if you're stacking those like uh, paper cups, so like it's like uh, like four at the bottom, three in the middle, two, one. So it's like a triangle. Yeah. So yeah. by the time you get to the top, it's like really wide base, but then it kind of goes mm. in like a pyramid. Well, that's, it's, so that's yeah, exactly absolutely. right. It's basic structures just scaled up. Um, well, a, a great um, a great uh, another example of this in the natural world uh, biosymmetry um, is stalactites and stalagmites. Um, do you guys know the difference well, between stalactite and stalagmite? You know what? Just explain both of them for me because I don't know. 
<laughs> so stalactites and stalagmites are like the the rock foundations that are formed when there's water running through a cave and so you see like from the roof these little like icicles coming down and on the bottom um icicles going kind of going up and it's pretty much that water comes down drags a bit of like sediment down and then it sets and makes these kind of perfectly natural shapes and they uh, resemble the the buildings um that were used for construction specifically this one the the birth khalifa um so the the way to tell the difference between stalactite stalagmite was this weird rhyme um, or weird analogy. I was we were doing a, a cave tour in uh, Katoomba, the Blue Mountains of Australia. Beautiful, by the way. Uh, I think it's the Lithgow Caves if you guys have ever been. But the the tour guide said, if you ever want to know the difference, remember this. Imagine a um, ballet dancer dancing on an ant mound. Right? The mites go up, the tights go down. That's how the difference between stalactite stalagmite. <laughs> It That's is a, a terrible metaphor. Oh, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it's stuck with me. You lost me a, you lost me a ballet dancer. Yeah. No, th think, just think of a dancer, right? Think of a uh, classical uh, ballet dancer dancing on an ant mound. Right. Damn. Ant mites go up, the tights go down. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Sort of. Oh, yes well. and no. I think you did a It's just a way to remember that uh, stalactites are the ones on the ground that move upwards because they're getting things dropped onto them. They're the liquid and sediment gets dropped onto them. They make that natural formation, which resembles a building. And stalactites yeah. uh, come down from the roof. Okay. Anyways, that was just a uh, interesting uh, commentary. I thought that you guys would like. Yeah, Anyways, when the moving on structures and actually talking about something naturally, no. pretty pretty damn sick. I feel like you probably could have done like a whole uh, 20 minutes of just explaining like stalactites and stalactites, is it called? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, that could be an episode on its own. I think we could easily, but I mean, we I'm not really into rocks. Um, that's not really our field of expertise. I think James would be probably the <laughs> Wait, closer. Sure. Why don't you be like the geologist on Sky News who talked about how climate change isn't real? Like, he studied rocks, but... Um... <laughs> He's going yeah, about definitely how an expert in the real. field. Yeah, yeah. Look, I won't talk about uh, I won't talk about rocks, and this guy will not talk about climate change. Let's just make an agreement there. Exactly, exactly. No, I like uh, that. We we talk about multiple engineers, but not the engineer of God. <laughs> yeah, don't don't touch God's uh, God's domain. That's um, he's a top dog engineer. All right, guys. Okay, um, engineering dads. We're talking about the uh, your projects. Okay, what are uh, the projects you? Uh, so far, you're doing, you're completed, or just uh, you're planning on doing, Sean? Oh, actually, you know what? I reckon James should have this one, have the floor. He's got a really good one that he's uh, currently in design. James, take it Ooh. away. Okay, thanks, Sean. Um, yeah, basically, I just finished a love message box. I checked that out on YouTube, not the one I'm going to talk about now. Um, but in brief, it was a kind of a gift idea I had for my partner, but decided to uh, pitch to engineering dads. And it was essentially a love box with a heart on it, and it was controlled through Wi-Fi. So I could send a message from anywhere, um, and then the box would be anywhere, and my partner would receive it with a heart that was nudging. Um, once it's open, the message is received. So it wasn't just messages, it was also dynamic images and photos as well. So it was a bit of a cute gimmick. I was just trying to learn how to do Wi-Fi chips at the time. Um, but a project I'm working on now that I'm really, really excited to kind of... Um, get going and actually design when all the components arrive. Um, basically, a bit of context is obviously essential oil diffusers have been a very popular 
um, you know, gimmick in the past few years, especially with, you know, winter coming around um, and people just wanting that natural, I guess, that natural good aroma in their house. And, you know, just you walk into a room and it's just, you know, you walk into a beautiful scent. But the frustrating thing I find with these essential oil diffusers is they run out so quickly and you just have to always top them up. And it's just really not ideal when, you know, that's just you know, crap. I want to, you know, just keep it running all the time and I've got to top it up again. Um, so what I'm proposing to design is an automated um, Bluetooth or Wi-Fi controlled diffuser system, right? Um, so essentially what this will do is pretty much run 24-7 while you've got it on, I guess, from a power supply or running it from your phone. So basically, you never have to worry about topping it up unless you're topping like a, the main water tank up, which is where the solution will be. Um, so you walk into your room or your study or your kitchen, wherever you have your diffuser, and it's pretty much always running at the same humidity and always the same aroma. So the way this basically works is it's got a pump that's pumping uh, essential oil, like diluted obviously, um, to the diffuser. The diffuser then detects the humidity of the room. Once it goes below that certain humidity, the diffuser will turn on. It will then run and then turn off and it will keep running that same loop, keeping it at that humidity. So that's using an atomizer, which is the part that makes the steam or the yeah on, the, on your diffusers when you're watching that run. So um, it's a very interesting design. I'm having some really fun now designing the circuit for it and just doing all the, the hardware and software. Um, and then so once it arrives, I can kind of just clap it together and then see it come into action. So I'm very, very excited. Um, so that's just mm. what it is in summary. And if you if you lads have any questions on how it works and how it's breaking down, you know, oh, shoot. Mate. Well, like having it as a interface with your components instead of having it just as a simple diffuser is one really smart, really incredible. Um, so massive props to you there. Great idea. Um, yeah. I'm thinking. But I just want to add to that. Ch- sorry, before, before you go on, it's just um, this is one of the big thing with our with our projects is you know a lot of the time we come up with an idea and it's not thinking about it you know oh what can we design what's some cool thing we can do it's a lot of things that you'll just sit there and you'll go oh i use this every day damn i wish it did this and then it's just like hang on engineering dad says i can make it do that so why the frick don't i do it and that's exactly how this project came about is because i just i just got i got very frustrated with always wanting to have my diffuser on but i'm like crap where are my oils at like you know i gotta fill this up now oh ran out in an hour's time that sucks like Mm. Got to top it up again now. Yeah, I reckon what you can do is make profiles for it too. So you can, instead of being like, uh, just check when humidity is low. Because sometimes in like summer, the humidity is going to be high, obviously. Uh, you could do it as a profile thing. So between six and eight every night, run. Or um, on weekends when you're away, don't run or something like that. Uh, but additionally, yeah. I think you can take it to the next level. And this is kind of moving towards like um, dashboard management and automated control. But have it as a smart as an app on your phone and we well, can yeah, with samsung's you can make it as a as an app so you can be like hmm you know what it'd be great i'm gonna be home in half an hour how good would it be to have my whole room smell like lavender or well that's 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 exactly know. that's exactly right man so it's it's good you mentioned that um so what when i say wi-fi bluetooth controller i'm planning to have like an uh, android interface which is they're really simple yet kind of difficult to build i say difficult because there's a lot of like rigmaroles you have to do to get the software working but once you figure out how to drag all the images and settings in it's fine so basically you can control it manually if it's something one of your instrumentation um fails or one of your controllers fail um you can have it from your phone but the idea of like you're saying oh regardless of the humidity let's run it between 5 to 8 p.m. or I'm coming mm-hmm. home, let me turn it on now. So that's um, something I have 
I planned in the code as well to say, you know, like, oh, you can have it, obviously, with the Wi-Fi chip, you can have it monitoring the time locally. So you can go, well, when it hits this time, um, let's go out of the loop, let's go to the to the master loop and automatically kick in the diffuser to run. So that's, that's definitely a great idea. I wasn't thinking more so to run it during a certain amount of time, um, just running when it gets to another set point. So there's an, a lot of fail-safes I have in there as well to, like, you know, if the humidity sensor fails or it's at the wrong humidity... Let's just do it uh, level base, for example. Let's do it time based, like you're saying. So, but doing the specific mm. times, I really do like that idea. So I think I'll get into that a bit. Yeah, more. and just because you can get to the guts of it, you can have a lot of control. We've talked about potentially three different options to control a humidifier. I haven't really seen many smart humidifiers out there, and if I have, um, I'm sure if we Google them, they're going to be bloody expensive. What do you reckon well, the is smart- the budget to build this? Yeah, the, the smart the smart humidifiers I've seen are the ones that are DIY, and the DIY ones that I've seen don't have an automatic top up system. They're just based off humidity control. Um, ideally, what I'd like to get into, probably not for this project, but maybe for a hydroponic, Sean, is um, like doing a PID loop. So basically, what a PID loop is, you control one variable by manipulating an other variable based on a step change. So to put that into perspective, now. Let's 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 use flow and level for an example. So if you're talking about the level of water in a tank, um, when you have a step change in that, so the level decreases, you set a specific flow rate um, to make sure you meet a certain level by a certain time. Now, the reason I'm not doing PID for this is because I'm not playing with any variables. It's just simple on-off humidities, not this, sweet, turn off. Humidities, um, now this, sweet, turn off. It's just an yeah. on-off thing, whereas I want to actually play with variables and percentages and stuff like that, which would be great for dosing and whatnot. I mean, that's just the chemicals in me coming up. Oh, yeah. We should uh, we should probably expand the uh, hydroponic setup. Um, should uh, uh, Looking at the garden today, saw a lot of cucumbers. I, I reckon we could probably try cucumbers in the hydroponics next. Probably see All right, we're talking, about, we're, we're talking about too many things here. We'll talk about the hydroponics later. Let's get back to yeah, the yeah, no. uh, humidifier. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry, something I also wanted to touch on the humidifier, right? Uh, all the humidifiers you see just look like a weird uh, teardrop or like a weird kind of conical shape that shoots out air. Oh, <laughs> I've got a good idea for this one. You've got a 3D printer, James. What dude, do you reckon dude. you could print where like, the okay. steam comes out, like a dragon or something? Pitch, pitch, yeah, so pitch your idea and then I'll tell you what my idea is for it. I reckon do a dragon and the steam comes out of its nose. Yeah, I did see that one, but I had an idea that was kind of related to engineering dads. And it was, have like a nuclear power plant, nuclear reactor looking thing. <laughs> oh, fuck off. Because we love nuclear. Oh, get the And it fuck has our symbol on it, and it's the steam coming from this nuclear reactor. Because if you see those uh, things, blasting with steam coming yeah, out. Yeah, why, why don't you just do a coal plant? Because then you can get a really long shape on it. Nah. I reckon can I, can I more applicable in Australia. Yes, go, Patty, go. Right. How about if you 3D print a joint? Uh, like, sorry, Patty, this is joint, like a, a joint to like a bone or a joint like with nuts and bolts or like... Yeah, like a, a joint between metals because that's all we all we talk about when we refer to joints here, Patty. Oh, oh fair enough. Oh, what about a vape? Oh, for sure, yeah. No, that's definitely a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> now we're we're keeping it thirteen terrible plus. Terrible idea. No, I'm yeah. Right. Oh, actually, maybe not a joint, but just three D print Snoop Dogg's head. Come and the Snoop Dogg's episode. <laughs> well, well, I was three D. I was thinking of three D printing. Or is Khalifa? I don't know. My, I don't know my Pokemon that well, but there's one I think called Kirby or something. It's just this like big pink one with its mouth like heaps wide open, and it like. No, you're thinking of Digimon. Like... That's Digimon. Sorry. 
Just to just oh, okay. to, for the record. Pardon yeah. me. I, we, but anyways, uh, yeah, pink, big pink uh, Digimon. You're saying? Yeah. Oh, dude, there's there's so many different ways to make this. Like, it's, yeah. When you said like most diffusers are just oddly shaped, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and there's no reason for them to be like that. I've seen diffusers come in like spheres and circles. Like, there's no thing scientifically of oh, you have more steam collecting at the bottom, and you know we're gonna pressurize yeah. to go. No, nah, that's it's all possible. Like, like, as have, long as it comes out through it, one nozzle, it'll be fine. Well, that's, if you're going to do a, a Pokemon, so. do Charizard. Well, that's, yeah, that's another one as well. Um, Actually, that'd be great because he's, he's a bit bottom heavy. He's got a bit of a thick uh, dump truck, but you could easily get the, like, the, <laughs> the, the shape in there, which would kind of <laughs> reflect the conical nature of the standard diffusers. So something that's interesting with this diffuser that I'm making, in, in a conventional diffuser, you need a fan at the bottom um, that pushes the steam through the nozzle because... The atomizer or the humidifier is actually at the bottom of the module, right? The way this one works is it actually goes on the top of the module and it has um, your mixture underneath and it's actually atomizing that as you're going. So, it's really, really awesome, which means it's always pushing it in, in one direction because it's, it's fixing that one spot and it's oh, collecting right. the vapor as it's going. So, I'm keen to see it in action, but um, it's actually this, a seed growth module for those listening who want to look it up. With the humidifier, if... Uh... Because you, you, you say that you want to run it on a uh, a temperature base, so if it drops below a certain temperature, uh, humi- humidity, humidity. Sorry, it drop, drops below a certain humidity, it will automatically start. Um, would it be if, if you started like selling up like these in bulk? Would there be a way to set the humidity? So I don't know, like, or is it just like a stock? Oh, standard absolutely, for every single one? absolutely. So right. your set point is manipulated through the Android or um, Apple. I don't even know if you can do Apple. Sorry, iPhone guys. <laughs> you suck. Uh, the Android app. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is a cheeky just, dig at the uh, competition. Just not even sponsored yet and already taking dignitaries at the big boys. Okay. Wow. Hey, if we've got to be an advocate for someone if they're paying us or not. We'll, we'll get the money eventually. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I will love um, Peroni to sponsor us the beer because I'm drinking it and I'm having a great time. Yeah, Italian beer, not bad. Um, actually, that's one thing that... A bit of a tangent, but I'll, I'll get back on the track. Um, James does run a bit of a home brewery. So, you know it would be great? If Engineering Dads uh, supported Engineering Dads. <laughs> Give us our own beers. That would be a great... Course, adver- course, <laughs> this would be a great advertisement for our own beer. Home brewery. It's a bit fucking typical. Yeah, I know. It's, very it's really pushing away from the motif. Very vain of us to sponsor again, our dude, own. This is this is it's good you brought that up because this is another thing we can bring these controls into controlling it mm. from a phone, like a SCADA system, is a localized brewery in the garage or something. You could so do this. Like oh it's yeah, so absolutely. exciting. Yeah. Alright, we'll get back on track. Um but uh, uh, sorry, another tangent I want to jump on. If we did have the Charizard uh Pokemon, I'm, I was kidding about the Digimon Pokemon stuff. If we had Charizard as the diffuser how would you have the liquid going into him? Would you have like a funnel going out the back? Because that might look a little sus. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you asked the question, Sean. Because uh, <laughs> who, who would have thought? How do we get the liquid in there? Um, yeah, nah. So well, basically, you got to pump like, up extra. Can I, can, so. can I be like the obvious one to say you'll get the liquid through the mouth, or is that too unrealistic? Uh, no, I was that's thinking where the, that's the where the smoke comes out of. I was thinking making it a bit like R18 and getting the liquid through the backside. I don't know what you guys think, so it's like a... Well, oh, no, do it through um, the tail. Make it go through the tail. Let's make it uh, let's make yeah. it kid-friendly. So, obviously, yeah. like you said before, having the luxury of a 3D printer, I can just put a hole anywhere um, where the silicon or the um, 
the vinyl tube goes into. Mm. Um, so conventionally, I was thinking of just putting the hole anywhere, um, maybe <laughs> like from the bottom, and then Jesus. yeah, pretty yeah. much going from there with Charizard. <laughs> that's interesting. I'd probably right. go. I'd probably go through the backside. Yeah, well, I think that makes it. Well, yeah. To be fair, because of the three D printing, you could just do anything. Just make one of every like one of every fire based character or thing ever. Like even I mean, red hot. Like you could just like do one of just like a fire, like a log. And, uh, yeah, like 3D printers are a lot hard to use, and it seems like I printed Kratos from God of War, and it took me fucking eight times to get it right. And <laughs> not not the design, the design printing it was fine. It was the supports that I had to print. So basically, it's think of like your arm hanging out right now, and think of a 3D printer printing you, but it's printing you from underneath. So when it gets to your arm, it's printing on nothing. So you have to put in supports so it has something to print on. The supports were so hard to get off. Like printing it, printing yeah. them was fine. But actually ripping them off, they didn't want to come off. And I could use sandpaper. I tried to, like, you know, heat gun it off. Nothing was working without destroying the mm. actual print. And it frustrated the hell out of me. Yeah, it's just a 3D printer's rant, to tell you the truth. Nothing else. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll get back on track. Um, I, I wouldn't mind talking about one of the... Well, i got two projects I want to work on. One I've definitely well, talked to you guys project. about. The second project. The second project? Uh, well, yeah, second I got... Project. Well, the first one was the the beer pong but with rockets idea i think we've already talked about that one uh probably not on the podcast well, though right well how about we explain it uh, next episode so let's try let's go with the other uh, new idea okay well this one's in kind of i had this idea a while back i think i passed it past yeah i ran it past james but i never got around to building it pretty much have you seen those uh so like with masks and covid right there's different masks and different variations but one of the ones that were really sought after at the initial lockdown phases was those plastic shields that went down over your face. They kind of looked. Um, they kind of looked like a welding that, goggles, a wedding mask. The one that looks like yeah, we got to go one of them. I had facility. One of the yeah, workplaces yeah. at the start. Yeah, so they, it's like a, wel- a welding mask, plastic uh, sheet that goes over your eyes. Because even though the the masks um, are there to protect you, realistically, the mask is not there to protect you. It's to stop someone who is sick from spreading it onwards. It's designed to capture it, right? So the actual like catching COVID while wearing a mask is quite high. If the person that, next That's why to a lot of people in like Asia wear masks. It's not because they're worried about getting someone else sick. It's just because they don't want to get sick themselves. Whereas other people... Which is a really considerate... Yeah. It's they're a really considerate sick. approach like, that I think we should probably... Well, yeah. definitely. I think Australia will carry that trend going forward that if you're sick, you wear a mask. Um, yeah. But... Anyway, let's the, listen to the, this idea. It sounds sick. Yeah. So the idea behind the plastic face shield was because... You obviously don't want to get any particles of COVID into your mouth, but it also protects your eyes. Anything that's exposed, your ears, um, uh, mouth, nose, is uh, kind of, exp- yeah, it's a source where the COVID can get into. So trying to block your eyes and mouth and nose is the critical point, right? Um, but you don't want to wear a mask over your face all the time. So you've got these plastic shields that you can pop up and down. I want to get one and make it a smart mask, right? So I'm going to put servos in the side, controller on the back, and a voice recording software or a sensor. And so what you, like, mask on, and you see this whole plastic shield that come down across your face. Mask off. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, wait, there's no one in here, just me. Mask off, pulls all the way up. So you can be hands-free. You walk onto, like, a train somewhere. You see someone cough, and it's like, "Uh uh-oh, cough detected. Mask down. Or, like, um... You're having a conversation, but now you're doing it uh, virtually, right? You don't need to wear a mask. Mask up. 
and it just pops back up. I, I realize yeah, it's I, not I mean, as dedicated as our other projects, but uh, I think I it's like something I'll use. I feel like that's pretty simple, like, in terms of, like, the normal mask you already have. Like, you definitely make that kind of over the top. Actually, mm-hmm. we'll get I'll get back to something else I want to speak to with that, but that's really cool in the sense you get any mask you want. Like you're saying, put servos there. The mask is mm-hmm. always naturally down under your chin, and then it's just, like, yep. mask on, and it just goes up. Yeah. And then you can go uh, to the next level of making a full, like next level metallic mask with filters going into it but obviously we'll never get there i mean even well, yet, I, but yeah that idea you know what i want to see get to that point you know what i want to yeah, see yeah. i want to see a darth vader covid mask <laughs> with a voice changer and everything exactly I honestly don't think it's that hard because if you get a like the, the the helmet itself right um and you get you have a natural airflow. You can just cut up in it like a HEPA, like a hospital grade HEPA filter, slide it in there. Maybe install a little um, fan to, just to force air in and out. Yeah, um, we just get one of those PM two point five masks, and then it's just um, kind of good to go. Yeah, I oh now two point five is pretty water resistant. Um, HEPA filters are pretty good. They're they're the ones that use in Teslas nowadays. Um, they oh, he- oh yeah, the HEPAs. Yeah, they use them yeah, in like yeah, yeah. filters for blowers and air systems as well. Yeah, the air conditioning inside a surgery room uses HEPA filters exclusively. They're the only ones that are guaranteed. So, something something I wanted to go off on a little tangent, but I'll bring it back. Is I was um I was at the gym with Patty earlier, and we had to wear masks there. Like it had just came in, and I was getting really short of breath with like the sets and whatnot. And I'm like, dude, you know what would be a sick thing to do or a sick flex? You just have like a metal mask with like an oxygen tank going directly into it. So it's just like the whole time you walk around flexing going, no, not like flexing physically, just like, oh, this is a big flex bro sort of thing <laughs> with this like oxygen powered mask. And it's just like, oh, never get short of breath ever again. Well, actually, that's that's probably the opposite effect because high oxygen tanks um, have a delirium effect. You, you would look like a junkie because you'd be absolutely high, huffing nothing but pure oxygen in the gym. You would just be like, whoa, <laughs> let's do and, a and also, also, the fact that oxygen tanks, you know, they weigh, like, they weigh a lot. Like, you know, like, at least the ones that I'm thinking of, like, the ones that you're scooping, yeah. like, small ones will be, like, five kilos to ten kilos. But the big ones, you know, you see scuba divers. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at know, that point, you I, wouldn't need to go to the gym. You just walk ten kilometers with a scuba set on. <laughs> Yeah, Wet just like put it on your back, you know, just do a couple of couple of burpees and you're set to go. Yeah, honestly. Actually, interesting. Do you guys know what scuba stands for? No, I do not. Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. It's a very common trivia question. Remember that. Anyways, um, but yeah, uh, gee, I reckon... smart ass. <laughs> it's a trivia question. I, I got to... Get the I'll fuck let, out I, of here. I Google the top 10 <laughs> trivia questions and the common answers. It's... Trivial. That's the point of a trivia quiz. Anyways. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, well, oh, James, yeah, I mean, look at this smart ass over here. Oh, <laughs> Biggest. <laughs> oh, Anywho, no, uh, Patty, you did pitch a good point, though. Um, I mean, you have an, a thousand, think of an, a thousand litre oxygen tank, not that big, but just to put into perspective, would only weigh about 1.3 kilos. So if you do have about 10 of those, it's already 10 kilos, which is probably the size it would be. Um, so, yeah, de- definitely a good point. I mean, you, I would probably never design something like that because it would look stupid, but it was just something that I was thinking at the wait, time. Of, like, wait, I did you say breathe. that a, a scuba it. tank... No. Wait, so did you say a scuba tank weighs 1.3 kilos? No, so if you get... A th- a, if, if, if the tank was a 1,000 litres of oxygen, it would be 1.3 kilos. 
Yeah, but 1.3 kilos of oxygen. The actual tank's like 20 kilos. The actual, yeah, the actual, the actual steel itself is a whole other. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, part cool. of it. Yeah, just... So sc- when I'm saying scaling that up, you'd have like about 10 kilos, and then scaling it up again with the steel, mate, you're going up to like 30 kilos there. Yeah, but that's pretty much just a weight just uh, weight vest that you wear around the gym anyway. So might as well just have an oxygen tank and just be delirious the whole time. I'm already delirious as it is, mate. So you know. <laughs> Let's not worry about oh, oxygen. Um, another idea that got passed to me by my friend, right? Um, she pretty much, uh, I had a friend, she kept borrowing my coffee cups. Um, I was like, I want them back. And she's like, yeah, all right. And then she's like, I want, now she wants some other coffee cups back. So it's kind of going back and forth, these coffee cups. And she was saying that, oh, I don't really have a weapon to defend myself when I walk back from my workplace late at night. Um, and so we pitched an idea where we call it Immortal Joe. Named after, of course, the the the, the character from um, Mad Max, the most recent one, Immortal Joe. So mm-hmm. it's a metal coffee cup, but it also has knuckle dusters. So it's it kind of fits into the groove around the outside of the cup. So you can now um, have a two kilo coffee cup and a weapon that you can now walk around with and feel safe with. And then we were thinking, how how dangerous could we make this coffee cup? And so we're thinking, I have. Let's make the coffee cup the primary purpose, but we'll add a crossbow to it, and maybe like a small javelin, uh, and a little flamethrower. Like, why don't you just like not do any of that? Get a coffee cup with like a really high like laser in it, like, and you can just point that oh, to someone's laser eyes. So as you're walking around, you just like someone's trying to like mug you, you're just like here, get fucking blinded. <laughs> oh my god, a coffee cup that doubles as a flash grenade. Oh, this is great. I'm gonna write this down. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, exactly right. Exactly could you, right. Could you imagine that? It's just like someone's having a coffee. Ha ha, pow! <laughs> just fucking run. <laughs> you just, mate, you, you, you're like one of those typical uni people who just brings like, you know, your keep cup to uni, which are awesome, by the way. Um, mm. And then you, someone's just like looking at you. There's one of those like creeps at uni who are probably going to start talking to you about like Jesus or something like that. And then they come to approach you and it's just like, no, oh, get this, bang. <laughs> Flash grenade. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a, I'm 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 a semi I'm a religious person, so no 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 bad on religion. But I get just get a lot of people at uni who would come up to me when I'm just trying to have lunch or just having a coffee, and they just be like, "Oh, what are your thoughts on Jesus?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh dude, mate, I don't want to talk just about a lot of religion at uni. I'm here to learn stuff." Um, I had a great story one time at uni. Um, I was having a phone call, and my girlfriend was literally breaking up with me. And I was like, "Oh, this sucks." I see this guy just standing there staring at me. I was like, "Oh, maybe he's just like concerned." And she's like, yeah, all right, maybe we'll just call it. And I was like, okay, here's what it is. So I, I hung up and this guy comes over and goes, have you found him? And I was like, sorry, who? And he just goes, looks at me, Jesus. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. I am not in the mood to talk about Jesus right now. I was, just, yeah. I was very upset. Oh, you were very oh. heartbroken, mate. Not, not even Jesus would have been able to save you. Oh, I know. God. Ugh. Well, not God, sorry. No, definitely not God. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, I was just in a very bad mood and I just didn't, didn't want to get pitched um, uh, the latest sales meetings reports. So, no. yeah, what, moving on. Was it in the mood for the old uh, Jesus elevator pitch? No, nah, yeah, definitely wasn't in for it. So, yeah. <laughs> let's, um, let's move on. Paddy, do you have any project ideas for us? Project ideas, all right. Um... Mm. Yeah, I was going to say this one, but why not? I want to pitch it. Okay, so um, just kind of a just a just a little FYI for the future. A lot of my ideas are they going to be realistic? Probably not. Are they going to be fun? 
Yes. Are they going to cost a lot? Yes. <laughs> Will they involve a lot of fuck you money? Yes. Okay, so... Um, my one idea I want to pitch is... We love parties, yes? We like to have a good party. We like to have a little... Uh, we like You're to doing have, great, Patty. Ooh, yes, I like go where for this it. is going. We, yeah. we like to have a boogie. We like to have a drink. And, you know, when you go to a party... Um, a very big party sometimes, you know, you'll come across a punch bowl and, you know, like you put everything in there. <laughs> yes. And I was thinking, like, imagine you're at like a wedding, you know, there's a, like 200 people there, 300 people there, you know, you're already spending, you know, 20 plus grand on the wedding, might as well spend a little bit more. What if they had the car punch bowl? It is a punch bowl that is the interior of the car is full of liquid. So the car is the punch bowl. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, has he not told you this idea? He's passed it by me. I've heard this. I have heard this. I have heard this. <laughs> oh, this. Ah. Oh. So, back, no, but I, I've added it to it. I've added it to it because when I first came up with the idea, I thought, well, how the hell are you going to get the liquid out, especially when you get down to the bottom? I come up with the idea. So, you know how in most cars there's like an exhaust pipe at the back? I mean, you hook, yeah, you hook sure. that, you, you hook, uh, not, 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 not in your Teslas or whatever, but anyway, so like in most cars, you know, there's an exhaust pipe at the back. What you do is you hook that up somehow using engineering in quotations, and you have that as like a beer tap. Uh, I think I'm that's pretty sure a logical that's idea. Just a discharge pipe with a pump before it pumping the liquid out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, if you're gonna make a car completely waterproof to handle a few thousand liters of alcohol, I'm pretty sure we could probably work a way to. Um, get an exhaust pipe, probably a new exhaust pipe, just because uh, you probably don't want one that's been pushing out chemicals for the last 20 oh, years. Oh, come on, man. And you live in Australia. We literally do shoeys at halftime at footy games. Like, I'm not drinking out of a fucking car tailpipe, James. I mean, no, there's no elevator pitch that'll convince me otherwise. But nah, I reckon... What, like, what, if, what if I scrubbed the pipes like, ex- like extensively for like a year straight? Like, it was so... It's like... But to the point where it's sparkly clean... As if, like, you work at a Michelin star restaurant out the back, you can lick, you can lick the floor and eat off the floor. Like, it's that. This clean. is like the argument of like drinking recycled water. Like, even though it's clean, it's still been through about seven people. True. Yeah. Look, to be honest, Patty, if if you've got enough fuck off money to like buy a car and make it a punch bowl, I'm pretty sure you have enough fuck off money to buy like a pipe that looks like uh, an exhaust and save yourself a year. All right, well, I'll rephrase it. Maybe not the exhaust, but, you know, something like that. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. You should have the exhaust pipe lead as a tap out, and so you can just pour in and out of the glass. Um, I am 100% of this milk. Could you do a punch bong where someone has to put their, like, mouth on the end of the exhaust pipe and you just run the pump for, like, 20 seconds? (laughs) Well, Well, what we can do is if we have this car, right, and have it as, like, it's a pipe... So it's not the exhaust, but it's a pipe that looks like the exhaust. And then you can have it going off to different ways, right? So you can have one which you can as a tap. And you have one person who can just chug it straight. Um, and you can have... You can it have just goes around the place. Points, yeah, yeah. because if you have the car on like... Um, you, obviously, if you have a punch bolt car, you want to show it off. Have it a bit off the ground. So now it's gravity fed. That means you can have pipes going everywhere. As long as it's lower than the car, the water will come out. <laughs> 
or oh, the, absolutely. the punch will come out. So you could have you could have a hundred people being poured drinks separately coming out of the exhaust of this Mini Cooper. And for the people who didn't know about it, um, this idea happened because Je- Patty saw my Mini Cooper and went, I'd like to make a punch bowl out of that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, because I was just thinking, it's like, what is the most realistic car that will probably be, that could be made into a punch bowl? And you were like gutting your car at the time because you were making like, you are mm. fixing it or something because there was a leak in it. And I was like, oh, you can take your seat out that easily. I mean... Paddy, it's it's, it's a ridiculous it's a ridiculous idea, but I freaking love it and would actually give it a go. Like if you had like an old car, you just strip it till it's like bare bone, um, have some a waterproof separation between it, have some pipes underneath, like Sean's saying, have it like gravity fed or pumped if you want to speed it up, and then people can tap out of it or just go straight into the car and pick it up with a cup. You have both options, and at the end of the night, you have a valve down the bottom, yeah. just drain it out. I think. Well, okay, here's a, here's a back-of-the-envelope calculation. How much punch do you reckon you guys could finish in a night? Like, I don't I don't know. I've never actually, like, like set, counted like, how like, much punch I could have, but probably, like, 10 cups, 20 like cups, 10 cups okay. 50 cups. Yeah, no, 10 let's cups. Let's call it 15. Let's say 10, 10 to 15 cups, and we're kind of up there in terms of drinking. Our consumption's a bit higher than your average person. Um, let's say the average person across the party would drink eight cups of punch. That's still a fair bit, depending how strong it is. Eight cups of punch, let's say, what, 400 mils uh, a cup. So, what, 3.2 liters a night per person. Yeah? That mm-hmm. sounds about right. Is that engineering yep. count? Does that math count make up? Uh, work, sorry. Does that, do, the, ah, do those numbers make sense, James? I actually missed the back half of that. Can you, like, repeat it? Uh Eight cups, 400 milliliters, so that's, what, 3.2 liters per person? Uh, yeah, yeah. 3.2 yeah. liters per okay. person, 100%. I'm pretty yeah. sure... Uh, I think a car can handle two to 3,000 liters of, like, volume, right? That's why I said you have it only at, like, a big event slash party. Well, like... yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, no, no, no. I'm not against this. I'm just saying your big event must have about eight... Wait, what is this number? If it was a thousand liters in the car, you would need three hundred people minimum. Mm. That's a big party. But that being said, if it's a big party, it, it justifies the need for a Mini Cooper punch bowl car. Yeah, but if you had the punch bowl, the car punch bowl, and you had a three hundred plus person party, bruh, that would go off. Oh man, that would be so much fun. Oh. Eventually, I would love to have a house. Uh, and just have like, hey, do you guys want to have a drink out of the fucking punch bowl? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's so sick. I'm just trying nah, to well, think of it now, like think of think of an average car. And let's assume the shape of a rectangle. It's about, I guess, let's say five meters long, about like one point eight meters wide, one point five meters high. For argument's sake, right? Uh, that's that's about thirteen to fourteen meters cubed. Which is thirteen thousand to fourteen thousand liters. No, no, no. Well, that's that's. Uh, I just did a quick cheeky Google of it. A subcompact car uh, is de- defined as a volumetric space between two thousand four hundred and two thousand eight hundred liters interior, including cargo. And so we'd probably get just over three thousand if we stripped out a lot of the but that's, internal bits I mean, to make yeah, it waterproof. That, that, that's taking into account all the interior like specs and everything, everything over the engine where you're sitting and well, whatnot. That's, yeah, but that's just free space. You would have more than that. So you'd probably uh, you'd probably well, you be take all that out, yeah. three and a half thousand. So you'd be have three and a half thousand liters 
uh, that you would fill up in a subcompact car, and that's a small car. Um, big cars are well over 4,000, not including engine space and some other stuff. Um, you're still looking at a thousand person party to fill. Thousand for this people car. at the party. I mean, you don't. There's nothing saying you have to fill fill it up the whole entire way, and you probably wouldn't either. You'd probably fill it up a quarter. You know what? Uh, Sorry, that's as fucking the, uh, quitters talk. Exactly. You know what? As the right, uh, you find a thousand the, people and you pitch the yeah. party. The inventor of this idea, I want a full a full car punch bowl, or just forget the idea. Like, <laughs> look. To be honest, if you if you have a punch bowl car. I think a thousand people would rock up just to see that. I think that's yeah. very doable. Yeah. If, I think uh, what is what's the saying is like uh, build it and they will come. Yeah, it's, it's, I reckon like this is a perfect example of it. Yeah, yeah if, this is like you, uh, I, no. Ideally, what come. we do right is you have a way to close this up so none of it leaks. And there's a party. We just rock up. Do this car on a trailer. Everyone's like, "What the fuck <laughs> is that?" And then you just roll down the window. It's just like punch anyone. What? Sorry, nah, we're you know in what? the car. <laughs> No, 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 no! You, you missed the part where I said we're towing, we're towing the car. Oh, we're towing the oh! Car. I just imagined us like in fucking scuba gear inside the car. <laughs> oh, do, you want, should, do you want some punch? <laughs> it's a bit warm. <laughs> oh god, no, that's, that's that, probably that, not going to work, boys. Part of, part of this service is that every car comes with its own man or woman who is the scuba diver slash proprietor and will pour you the drink. They're, and they're, they're they're just in there bathing, just in the in the punch. Actually, you know what? I want to I want to bring this up. So, if you're actually going to do it, wouldn't it be like people will rock up to it? But people will rock up to it even more. It's just an empty car, and you just start pouring stuff in there. So it's like you want to see it built. You want to see the punch built. I think what you could do is you'd have like like a tipsy bartender session where you would just go like five hundred apples, six hundred oranges. Two, like, uh, what, let's just be cheap, one pineapple. And they're chopping up these big chopping boards, like eight chefs chopping this stuff up, chucking yeah. it in, putting in $18,000 worth of alcohol just to fill up this, like, like think of that. 3,000 litres of alcohol we've got to put together here. 3,000 litres, right? It'll if be, your average price be... of alcohol is, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, at that point, best off just, like, bringing it yeah. up and constantly feeding well, it in. Well, think about it. If your alcohol's like 20 bucks a liter and let's that's that's pretty low right like you can get some alcohols higher 20 bucks for punch a liter let's say that's sixty thousand dollars sixty thousand dollars but at that point that you can charge the car at 80 or no you charge it at a hundred thousand dollars for the night so forty thousand for the car sixty thousand for the alcohol and a bit of a bit of labor here and there i think it's doable i think i'm on board for this sweet give us five ten years yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Patty, I'm gonna say uh, for fifty-five dollars, I'll take a hundred percent of the uh, the share of this company. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, Shark Tank. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, if you yeah. can just like support our Dragon's Patreon, Den. so we can build this idea, and um, yeah, we'll get it out to you. Just um, donate to our Patreon. Let's do it. <laughs> I think like I think this is a late game project, but we're not we're not forgetting this. This is definitely the yeah. this is something we'll get to at some no, point. No, no, the man. The man with the small idea has a small output. Big ideas, big output. Yeah, well, you manifest what you think. So let's let's do it. Um, exactly. Cool. Well, that's that's a couple of projects we're talking about. Before we um wrap it up, should we get into some? I guess some news to close out. No, yeah, how about we are? Uh, all right, oh, news on, talk. Go on, Patty. Oh, I was making. I was just doing the intro. So for for editing purposes. So it'd be like. 
All right, what's in the news, guys? Okay, news yeah, talk. Like, go for it. News talk. News talk. News talk. Yeah, Patty, can you do a voice line? We'll do. We'll edit that together. Um, James, you had something you wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, just in the interest of news and, and whatnot, something I came across the other day, I think we mentioned earlier in the podcast, it was released two days ago. Um, I think the company was Science Advances, all the other publishers. Um, and basically, something I'm passionate about it, from my engineering background is water. I've always been loved the water industry. No. And to me, it's, I guess, the second biggest scarcity to energy. Like right now, going through like sort of like an energy crisis, and Sean could probably feel this in the next podcast. And I think after mm-hmm. that will come water. Um, so it's going to be a big problem with increased populations and I guess climate change with severe droughts that are coming in. It's already affecting North to South America and Australia to Asia. Already facing threats. Um, so a big issue we face with that is not having enough drinking water to supply everyone, right? Which is obviously you know no one needs to describe why that's an issue. Um, so and we need a solution to have an output of more drinking water than what's being consumed and dams and water filtration plants won't be able to suffice with that so a couple of options we have the desalination plants which use uh, reverse osmosis which are extremely expensive to run because of the energy to achieve the um the pressure drops um and you also have drinking recycled water which you know is technically okay but there are a lot of moral challenges with that another cool thing that has been looked at in the past few years and now they've actually had a breakthrough is using atmospheric water condensers and i saw in the news that they finally have scaled one up to actually get enough condensate out to be able to drink so the big challenge they had was this is they were very hydrophilic so whenever they use them what hydrophilic means is water attaches to it so um like you know um think of like a sponge for example so they couldn't condense the water out now what the problem is is with these things, they're not sustain. They're not originally sustainable. So you need energy neutrality, continuous production, and the facility needs to be usable. What this new system does is it uses like a, a radiative shield and cooling and a super hydrophobic condensate harvester, which basically means the water that's condensed down goes into little droplets. So it's like a constant flow and it happens passively. It's like a gravity um, sort of thing that's used as like a coalescence-induced water removal. So what this basically means is it's using radiation from the sun to provide energy enough to condense water from the atmosphere. Now, naturally, water has a very large enthalpy of condensation, meaning it needs a lot of energy to get it from a gas to a liquid. So what this technology does is it uses sorbent-based chemicals um, to absorb water on these like large surface areas that um, are protected from radiation, um, and it saturates these surfaces. So the system after that is then closed off and then it's using that same sunlight to heat it, which is releasing it as vapor. And because it's going past the relative humidity, it's getting the water to its dew point, which means it's condensing on the walls. So obviously, like a, like similar to solar panels, it can only happen during the daytime. So kind of during the day, what this thing's doing is it's collecting a bunch of water vapor, collecting it on its surface, and it's making basically this like dome of water that's, you know, past its dew point. So... What the doing the dewing then does is it makes the water condense out at atmospheric condition, and it's doing that by cooling it below the dew point, and on the foil that's made by titanium dioxide and barium sulfate chemicals into a polyethylene film. So these chemicals have always been researched over the past few years, um, just to try and find the most optimal way to do that. And they finally found a breakthrough by using these mixture of chemicals. They can allow harvesting to happen twenty four seven at night, up to 
I think the figure was 40 grams per meter squared per hour at a relative humidity of greater than 60%. So when you try and think of that, that's about 0.05 liters an hour on something that's the size of a micro pore, which is like the head of a pin, for example. All right, so I want to put a time out there. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. You're going into some engineering jargon. I don't know what's going on. Can you possibly yeah. dumb it down for the audience? So I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll get to there. So I've actually just come to the end of kind of my explanation of it. So what this thing is, it's this like massive metal steel like dome in sort of like an industrial area that's been designed to use the power of the sun to collect water vapor from the atmosphere and condense it into water. And because it's so low in salt, it's safe to drink. And they finally had a breakthrough in the technology that was reported two days ago. That's oh, pretty sweet. cool. My question is, is yeah. it is it dependent on where it is located? Like, would it would uh, geographic factors change the output of these uh, this kind of technology? I mean, absolutely. So, I guess it depends on different areas that are likely to suffer droughts. For example, so those more subtropical countries that are hotter, where they're facing these issues. I think in the study, I'm not sure where it was conducted, but I think they did mention geographical locations. Um, not that I can remember, but yeah, absolutely. I think that's something to take into account. Different places of the world have different sort of relative humidities of water and pressures and whatnot. But this thing's actually going into like outer space and channeling the radiation from space, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. I've got a question. What you uh, before you mentioned a something called like an atmospheric uh, condenser or container yep. or what is that? Okay, so basically a condenser is anything that gets water from a gas and um, pretty much transport transfers it into a liquid by like a physical reaction, right? So these are basically like it can be made from motors and uh, mechanically and anything they use like basically use refrigerants where the chemical they use extracts the heat out of um, like the vapor and it condenses it down into a liquid. So it's like, think of any chemical, for example, and what that's doing is that's saying, hey, give me your heat. And the heat's transferring from the water vapor and condensing it. Does that sort of make sense? Sort of, yeah. So basically... Yeah. Like so imagine uh, you're the chemical, right? And you go up to like some... So when, when you're warm... Uh, sorry, when you're cold and someone's warm and you go and give them a hug their heat transfers to you because you're like, oh, you're so warm. Now I'm warm. That's basically what this chemical does when it finds the water vapor. It kind of hugs the molecule and, yeah, kind of my way of explaining it. What these things are is something that's extremely scaled up. So they've actually found a technology that can absorb, like, the radiation of the sun to heat it but simultaneously redirect it to a normal so it's filtering out the heat. So obviously the big problem is, is once it's heated up, well, how do we cool it? And they finally figured out a way to get the water to its dew point. Yeah, it's kind of similar yeah. to um, the carbon carbon emission um, scrubbers where they suck in air and then try and pull oxygen out and then put out the air without oxygen going, uh, CO2 anywhere. Without um, CO2 this going would be, anywhere. Yeah, and this makes sense because you can now just capture water wherever there is humidity in the air. Yeah, that's a lot, I just that's find really it very cool. fascinating that it's actually emitting thermal radiation that's going just directly into space at such a wavelength that, you know, its goal is achievable. Mm. So I, Absolutely. I love advances in technology and whatnot. And I just thought, you know, I've 
really passionate about the water industry and preserving water reserves and, and whatnot. So this was something exciting I wanted to share. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Um, That's so cool, yeah. I, I wish I could make more commentary on it, but um, yeah, this is definitely uh, kind of especially in field. Um, and it's very clear that you're very passionate about this topic and uh, yeah. the problems I mean, it if you guys can have actually any, solve. If you guys have any question on like recovering water, feel free to ask because yeah, it's definitely something I'll have to get into. James oh, is your water guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the water guy. Sean's the the sun guy. I'm the and I'm just the guy. Water, water and sun. <laughs> that is a, a guy? Question mark. A guy. <laughs> I've been. He's a I've been, water guy. Yeah. I've been debating for years if I if I even have a guy. So who knows? No, I I think we're probably good there. We'll probably wrap it up. Uh, no. With lockdown on, <laughs> I've got so many plans I got to get out to. So uh, yeah. how about? <laughs> How about um, just before, just for editing purposes? How about um, we explain uh, going forward what we uh, what we'll do and how we'll try and engage with our audience? Yeah, I think for the time being, it's very much um, laissez-faire um, with our podcasting, but we're going to find a, um, a rhythm with it. A a momentum shift that we were kind of looking out for, but effectively all we want to do is talk about projects. We want ideas. We want um, creativity. We want to really think about why things are the way they are and try and give a bit more of a technical um, authority on it. Be a be yeah. a bit more of an SME, a subject matter expert. Not really. We're just a bunch of engineers, but we can easily break things down and learn them very quickly. Um, so if anyone here is listening and you've got an idea for us to build, no matter how silly it is, we talked about turning a Mini Cooper into a punch bowl for about 20 minutes there, and that was probably the best part of this discussion. I love that chat. If you have any ideas, please, 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 please feel free to just comment them. We had a, also, we've had a bunch of ideas. Even if you just have guess... a question, like, like a stupid question about engineering and you don't even know the answer to, like me, these guys will probably know, and if not, we'll just Google it with you. So yeah, yeah, Senate. yeah. I mean, actually, that's of, a really good point. One of the good thing about engineering is, like, once you kind of get your mind into this rhythm, you can kind of look at something that's similar to what you already know and break it down. If that kind of makes sense. So if if you know how to, I guess, work down that hierarchy of problem solving, and someone pitches an idea, it's like learning how to code, for example. You kind of can work that out in your own sort of niche. If that makes mm. some sort of sense. If you got interest in something, there's nothing stopping you from learning it. Nowadays, with right, this yeah. information age, you could easily just apply the same 100%. formula to learn something. Yeah, uh, like learning a language. Yeah, it takes time, but once you've learned it, you've learned it. That's no different from any topic or just something you're interested in. So, um, yeah, if people have questions, we'd love to love to field them and uh, go across a few. So, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, just uh, on the outro, um, we are the Engineering Dads. Uh, we have our own YouTube channel. We have a few social medias. Um, we'll put the links to the bottom of the podcast. Please give them a view if you can. Uh, we recently finished up a video on a gun that shoots alcohol, alcohol, um, but randomly allocated. So it's a Russian roulette alcoholic shotgun. And if you think that's interesting, please have a che- cheeky look at the video because uh, that was a lot of fun to build and even more fun to use. Hit that subscribe button. Um, we'd really appreciate the engagement <laughs> and would love to pitch your ideas out there as well if you have any. Sorry. Thanks everyone, have a good one. See you next time.